Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the King's House podcast. We are a non-denominational church located in McAllister, Oklahoma, reaching and serving those in our community and around the world. We believe that church is not something you go to, but it's a family you belong to. And a house is just a house until the family's there. Then that house becomes a home. So today, we want to say welcome home as we jump into today's service. so blessed. I see so many new faces here today. And man, I, I hope you just feel welcomed and at home because today, King's House, we have something so incredibly special. I don't know if I can fully articulate what an honor and a privilege we have today because honestly, an, an individual that revolutionized the way that church is done a person that has been one of the great soul winners of our generation, who has literally changed the world. I mean, one of the most extreme, unbelievable dreamers that you're ever going to have the opportunity to meet is with us today, guys. So I just want you to stand to your feet this morning, King's House, and I want you to give honor and welcome Pastor Tommy Barnett to the stage. Wow, what an introduction. Let's give Jesus a real good clap offering. Come on. You can do better. One more time, raise it. Yes, amen. Wow, now before you're seated, turn to the one beside you and say, you look like you've lost more weight. Come on, tell them that right now. That's going to make their day. I cannot tell you what a great honor it is to be here at this great church that God is using in such a wonderful, wonderful way. Good night. I drove in here. I saw the beautiful building. My goodness. I listened to the great worship. My. And you have, without a doubt, the best pastor that any church could have in America. You know what? You're a bunch of spoiled, rotten brats. Amen. How many like to be spoiled? Put your hand up. I tell you, I've been spoiled last night when I got here. He said, where do you want to eat? I said, do you have a Cracker Barrel? Amen. <laughs> and I had chicken fried steak and gravy and all the, you know, health food last night. Amen. Got up this morning, went down, breakfast, and they had uh, biscuits and gravy. I'm going to weigh 800 pounds if I don't get out of here. It's so great to be here. My mother was born in Oklahoma and uh, Oolagog, Oklahoma, wherever that's at. And uh, my dad was born in Texas. I was born in Texas. If you can't be born in Oklahoma, Texas is the next best. Amen, thank God. <laughs> Oklahoma's got Oklahoma Sooners, amen. I, <laughs> I pulled for them for years. I'm halfway mad at them, though, when they pulled out of the Southwest Conference. I love the Southwest Conference. I'll get over it, but how many will pray that I'll get over it? But such a joy to be here. And I tell you, I don't know what I've really anticipated being at church more because my son Luke was here. Amen. And I want to tell you something. He came back and never have I seemed so excited about a church as he was about this church. 
I mean excited. And he said they got the most amazing real deal pastor that you could ever meet. Matter of fact, he invited him to come and speak at our church. And listen, he rocked the place. He is a rock star. And you know, we have a lot of people that come from our local Dream Center. And when, when he finished preaching, one of them came up and said, he is a bad preacher. Amen. Well, bad in, in the inner city means good. How many realize that? And uh, he thought, you, how many of you know you got a bad preacher? Put your hand up. Bad preacher. Thank God. They love you. Now, I want to come back because I heard of how God's blessing your church, the miracles that God is doing here. I'm so proud of you, and I'm so glad to just be a part of it. Now, we feel already with Luke's big buildup of you and then meeting your pastor and fellowship, I kind of feel like I'm really a part of this place right now. And I want you to know we're proud of you beyond words. And, uh, you know, when I arrived at the airport, again, somebody looked at me and began to whisper to the one beside them. And uh, I knew what was happening. It always happens. Two of them look at me, and they begin to talk among themselves. And finally, some of them gets enough nerve, and they come over and say, Sir, did anybody ever tell you that you look like? And I break in because I know what they're going to say. And I say, Brad Pitt. Amen. You know. <laughs> It hurts me when you laugh that way. I want you to know that. No, they said, you look like Jerry Jones. Amen. Now, I think I make a better Jerry Jones than he makes a Tommy Barnett. Someday, somebody's going to go up to him and say, sir, will you pray for me? Thinking that he's me. So, but anyway, I'm glad to be here. And I'm not Jerry Jones. I, I'm Tommy Barnett. And I'm just honored to be with you all at this wonderful and great place. But the main reason I was excited to come here, oh, I wanted to meet Erica, and I wanted to meet Melody, and all the great family, but I really wanted to meet Fast Snake. That's why I came, amen? And don't let me get out here without meeting that fellow. He's a legend already in my city, because he told us about, and Luke told us about Fast Snake, you know? And so when he got here at the pastor school last week, he was walking across, this is true, a parking lot, and somebody yelled real loud, how's Fast Snake doing? Amen. So now he is the father of Fast Snake. Amen. So it's, it's a fun to be here. How many of you forgive me for being having a good time here today? I do want to say this before you leave, just quickly, um, on my 80th birthday four years ago, uh, somebody, uh, I'm Chancellor of Grand Canyon, Excuse me, not a, I was at Grand Canyon University, but now I'm the chancellor of Southeastern University. And they were there, and they had a big celebration on my 80th birthday. The president was there, and he commissioned a book to be written on my life story or our memoirs. So four years we've been doing it. Billy Graham's uh, author that helped him helped me write this book, and I think you're going to like it. It's entitled, What If? It's not looking back and regretting and say, what if I'd have done this? It's a book about, I don't know if that's God or not. See, God speaks to me a little different than a lot of people. Some people see visions and they, or they have dreams or even hear voice of God. God's never spoke to me that way. It'd be easier, I think, if he had it. But in my life, he just opened up an opportunity. And I said to myself, you know, I don't know if that's God or not, but I'm going to go down that trail 
and just see if it's God. And if it's God, there's blessing, there's provision for it. And then God opened the door, another door. And I said, I'm not sure if that's God or not, but I'll never know unless I go down that trail. And through all these years, it's been a wonderful ride. And I think you're going to enjoy this book. It's in novel form. I was born in Electra, Texas, on an oil lease. My granddad was a pumper, and my dad was evangelist and couldn't pay the bills. So he went out and preached, and they took care of us. They had plenty to eat. It's a story I think you'll all relate to. I talk about the great revivals I've been a part of and what made them and what destroyed them. I talk about raising children. I talk about a challenge in my wife's life where she had panic attack for 25 years. The day we started the Dream Center, now you're going you're going to like the book, okay? And I'll be back there to sign it. Now, listen, it, if if you would like to have the book, I want to sign it and give you a hug. If you're not a hugger, sign the book and run, because I'm going to tackle you and hug you right the, out there in the lobby. Amen. So uh, be sure and stop by, and uh, we're going to have a good time today. Well. That's all the announcements. Everybody's glad the announcements are over. Say good amen. amen. Most sinners feel that way. All right. <laughs> Today I want you to forgive me if I'm just a little sentimental. Recently I turned 84 years of age. I've been married to the same old gal for 58 years. I'd rather fight than switch. Amen. I've been preaching the gospel now for 68 years. I started when I was 16 years of age. I traveled the world preaching the gospel literally many, many, many times. As a matter of fact, I got 6 million miles just on American Airlines. So it's been a wonderful, wonderful life. I said at pastor school, and I'd like to repeat it sometime, I hear people say, well, I'm a self-made man. Well, when you look at Tommy Barnett, I'm not a self-made man. I'm a product of people that have poured in my life. When you see Tommy Barnett, you see a little bit of Oral Roberts. Every year he would fly out and spend a week with us, and during the daytime we'd do something very spiritual. We played golf, amen. And then at night we'd get in the Word of God. Oh, Roberts taught me seed faith. It changed my life. So when you see Tommy Barnett, you see a little bit of the impartation of Oh, Roberts. When you look at the man on this platform, you see a little bit of Dr. Cho, pastor of the greatest church in the world. Over 700,000 people in one church, not an organization, one church. I've been on his board for over 30 years, and just about a month and a half ago, Dr. Cho died. But Dr. Cho taught me things that only you could be taught by impartation. He taught me the joy of building a great church like this. Because the larger the church, the bigger impact it would have on the city. And the city would listen because there were many, many people. So when you look at Tommy Barnett, Dr. Cho taught me about the power of strong church. When you look at the men up here, you see a little bit of Herschel Barnett. That was my father. He taught me things that only a father could teach you. Things about integrity, doing right, always doing right, keeping your name clean. And so today, I'm giving you an impartation. When you get my age, people don't want to hear a sermon. 
they want to hear an impartation of what we have seen and what we've heard of the greatness of God. So, Father, I pray that you'll take my mind, my spirit, and anoint it with the Holy Spirit. I do not ask for the joy of preaching a great message, but I have a great truth, and I pray that it will come alive today. In Jesus' name, amen. In John chapter 15 and verse 7, there's a very, very, very famous scripture, and it goes like this. If you abide in me, and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. I want you to notice it did not say, ask what you will first. It says first, you've got to abide in me, and my word has to abide in you. You see, prayer is not an Aladdin lamp that you rub and ask and get what you want to get. Prayer is not a rabbit's foot. Prayer is a formula that always works. It's not a guess proposition. If you abide in me, and that word abide means live. You don't visit there. You live there. He lives in you, and you live in him. He is your life and the word abides in you. Then he said, you've got carte blanche. You can ask anything that you want. And God said, it shall be done unto you. Now second, there's another formula. And I ask you to listen very carefully for the first five minutes of this message on purpose. As I set a base, and then you'll want a lesson after that. The famous second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 10. It's another formula. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive your sins and heal your land. You see, God is a God of formula. There is a way that a nation can be healed and spared and it always works and it goes like this. If God's people, my people, it didn't say the devil's crowd. It didn't say the Republicans or the Democrats. It said, my people called by my name shall humble themselves, praise, seek my face, turn from my wicked ways. Then I will, not I might, or I usually do, or I can do it, but I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive your sins. I'll heal your hand. That's God's promise and it's a formula. Now, that's the base. Are you ready for the main course? Okay. Suppose I do that. Suppose I meet the condition for answered prayer that I just gave you. The Bible says, now let him ask what he will, and it shall be done unto him. But wait a minute. Here's the message. There is now a second choice. A second way that you can pray. Follow me. The same qualifications for for me to be able to have what I will now qualifies me with a second choice. So when I've separated my life and I'm abiding in Christ and his word is abiding in me, then I have a choice. Better yet, put it on the screen. There are two boxes up there that I can check. The first box is, I may ask anything I will. 
The second box goes like this. I may have what he wills or wants for my life. And the scripture for that is, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Now, this may surprise you, but I hardly ever pray for anything for myself. Now, I know there's nothing wrong with it, and I know you should. Matter of fact, we're commanded to ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. In fact, it says, you have not because you ask not. I believe in asking, but you know why I hardly ask for anything? Because I'm afraid if I pray for something myself, God may have something that is better and bigger than that for me. Because his will for you is greater than your will. And his wants for you are greater than your wants. And what he wants to do in your life is greater than anybody in this building could ever imagine. So, let's just say I prayed for a pint. <laughs> that doesn't sound good, does it? Let me rephrase that. Let's just say I prayed for a fifth. That's, that's worse yet, amen. Let's go back to the pot. Let's say that I prayed for that pint. God will give me the pint if I meet his conditions. But it just may be that God wants to give me a gallon. So I have a choice in the matter. I can say, this is what I choose, Lord. Or I can say, you choose, God. You're still not getting it, so i got to give you one more illustration. It was Christmas time. And my wife and I were talking. She said, have you picked out my Christmas present yet? I said, yes. Have you already bought it? I said, yes. Oh. She said, I was going to ask you to give me the money this year instead of the present. You always get the wrong size, the wrong color, the wrong style. She said, could you take it back and get the money for it? I said, I probably could. So I did. I took it back. I gave her the money. A few months later, we were walking through the mall. And suddenly we came by the jewelry store. And I said, honey, would you like to see what I bought you for Christmas that you didn't want? She said, yeah, I'd like to see. And I pointed to a beautiful ring there that I'd chosen for her. She went, oh. Next Christmas came by and said, honey, uh, do you want money or shall I give you a present? She said, I tell you what, you just pick out any old thing and surprise me. Amen. You see, what God wants you to have is better than what you want to have. The tragic is this. We say, I want what I want. I want what I want. And God looks down and says, but if you just knew what I had planned for you. You see, there are three things that I'd like to say about this scripture that could change your life. And I want you to listen clearly. Number one, you may want to write this down. His plans are better than my plans. When I was 12 years old, God called me to the ministry. And he put a great dream to pastor a great church someday. Now let's suppose that I prayed that God would give me a, a big church to pastor. The largest charismatic church in that day was about a thousand people. Therefore, I'd probably ask God to give me if I did ask him for a big church, it would have been a church of about 500. And God, I believe, would have given me that size of the church. 
But look what I would have done. I would have missed what God wanted to give me. I mean, his plan was bigger than my plan. And several times when we were thinking about building this new building, I almost missed it completely. I remember we were looking for property to build the building that we're presently in. And we saw a place called Tovery Mansion. It was built right in the middle of freeway, right in Phoenix, right in the middle of freeways that came all together, right in the middle of the city. It was a mansion. They were selling on top of this mountain. It was perfect. I thought, that's what we need for our church. But I, I didn't say God give it to him. I, I wanted to look at some more property. And then we saw McCune Mansion in Turdice Valley. Again, on the side of the mountain overlooking Phoenix. Right next to it was where Barry Goldwater lived, his mansion. And I almost prayed for that, but just think about it. If we'd have got that property, and I ran one of my 40 buses full of American heathens, amen. I don't think Barry would have been very happy with, with that kind of a vision. I almost prayed for that. But then we found a piece of property, 15 acres on the freeway, and the board loved it. And they said, let's pray that God will give us. Let's join hands. And we joined hands. But I said, fella, let's just pray this way. God, you got a piece of property for us. And we want what you've got. We almost prayed for that. But look what we would have missed. We would have missed being able to have 70 some odd acres on the side of a mountain. If we would have had that property, we would have had room for those 40 buses. We wouldn't have had room for this auditorium. Auditorium that would seat over 5,000 people. We wouldn't have had room for Joyce Meyer, who comes every year to our church, only church auditorium in America because it's only one little horror crowd. We wouldn't have had room for the conference that you guys were just at. The Christmas musical. We have 17 of them in a row. And each one of them is packed jam. About 60 to 70,000 people at Christmas come in about 3,000 a night stand to give their heart to Jesus Christ. We wouldn't have room for the parking alone for that. We wouldn't have room for the prayer pavilion on the side of the mountain that never closes. It's open 24 hours a day that people can come and seek the face of God. We would not have room for small world village for our children or the youth building or the basis high school or Southeastern University on our property. We wouldn't have room for Prayer Mountain or the football field. Well, that'd been tragedy, wouldn't it? Amen. If I would have prayed for those 15 acres on the freeway, but I never prayed that way. I pray, God, somewhere you've got a piece of property, and I'm not smart enough to work it out. The same is true in L.A. The Dream Center in L.A., many of you don't know who the Dream Center is. It's a hospital that we bought, the former Queen of Angels Hospital, and it's full of nothing but hurting people. I mean, we got drug addicts, we got human trafficking girls, we've got Gang members, we've got, and that's just the pastoral staff. Amen, thank God. We've got everything at the Dream Center. And God opened the door to look at that place. Now hear me. 
1,400 square feet. Excuse me, 400,000 square feet. 1,400 rooms in it. A mammoth 15-story facility. But you know what? We almost missed it there. I was looking for a destination point. So we looked at the Ambassador Hotel on Wilshire Boulevard right downtown. Very famous hotel. That's where Bobby Kennedy, you might remember, was assassinated. John F. Kennedy's brother in that hotel. We looked at the Jewish temple, Beverly Hills. I thought to myself, I get to minister to the movie stars. And after all, everybody thinks I'm Jerry Jones. Amen. <laughs> it was beautiful. We looked at the power and light company right downtown L.A. They wanted $8 million for it. And we had just enough money if we wanted to put a down payment on it. But then God raised up this place. This place here was twice as big as, as the Power and Light Company. This the hotel, this hospital, was where most of the people in L.A. were born for many, many years today. And they wanted $3.9 million for this miracle. And today, God has raised up the Queen of Angels Hospital, the Los Angeles Dream Center. And off of that has spun 250 dream centers around the world for the glory of God. Amen. Now, here's the point. I want to detail more than I usually do because this is a growing church. This church is exploding. I just want to show you the possibilities. You see, at the time, I couldn't fathom what God had in store for us. And that's why the Bible said that our eyes have not seen, our ears have not heard. It has never entered the heart of men, the things. Everybody say the things. The things that God has for those who love. God's got stuff for you. God's got things for this church. But we'll never get them if we just check that little box. This is what I want. But God is saying, if you just trust me, I'd like to help you make your decision. And let me tell you, you have a right to ask what you want. You have met the condition. There's nothing wrong with it. You just have a choice in which direction you want to go. But I've chosen to say, God, would you choose for me? And I've come to the conclusion that I've gotten a heap a lot more and lived a better life with God helping me make that decision. And I've checked that little box that says, I want what God wants for me. Thy kingdom come and I want your will to be done because God's plan, number one, is better than my plan. Number two, I'd rather for him to decide and help me get what I need because I don't know all that he has. Now, if I do not know all that God has, how can I know what to ask God for? When I, I love this little story. It was during the Depression. Mother took her son to get some of the necessities they wanted. They got some flour and milk and salt and a few things. As the man was checking her out at the counter, he had a big old jar of hard candy right there on the counter. 
the little boy kept eyeing that up. But the grocer knew that he couldn't afford it. Her mother couldn't afford it. So he said to the little boy, I want you to reach in there and get the biggest handful of candy that you can. And the little boy just stood there. He said, son, did you hear me? Reach in there. Get the biggest handful of candy you can. The little boy just stood there. And finally, the grocer just reached in with his big hand, took a handful, put it in the sack, gave it to the little boy. They walked outside. The mother said, son, you were rude. Why didn't you do what that? He was trying to bless you. Why didn't you do what he asked? And the little boy said, mama, because his hand was bigger than mine. Amen. See, I'm trying to tell you that his hand is bigger than you. I don't know what he has. And I'm going to say, God, I'm just going to trust you because when you trust God, number one, God's plan is better than you. Number two, I don't know all that God has. And number three, I don't even know what I need. I mean, sometimes God in heaven looks down and says, that Barnett is a spoiled, rotten brat. I've just blessed him and given good things and prospered his ministry. And God just has to think, you know, what's something new? Because God, if we abide in him and love him and give him the credit and work for him, listen, God just loves to do stuff for his kids. But I don't even know what I want. Years ago, there was a young couple that had gotten to say, beautiful young couple. And they were working hard to get ahead. They didn't have very much money. And the man worked all night shift. And he was coming home one night when a man ran a stoplight, very wealthy man, going at high speed, instantly killed him. Our hearts were broken with her. Church gathered around. We helped her. We took an offering. We paid for her funeral and just loved on her like any great church would do. Years went by, and one day somebody said, there's a young lady out in the lobby that wants to see you. Would you come out there? Well, I went out, and there she was. Now, let me give you a little background with this lady. Years ago, she had heard me preach a message, and in it I said that if I could have the car that I wanted, I, I probably could never have it, but let's just say, I don't know how it came in the sermon. But I said, I'd probably choose one of those Mercedes convertible red sports car. That's all I said. I don't know what point I was trying to make, but that was what I did. And she walked in and said, Pastor, come with me to the parking lot. And I went to the parking lot. And she said, look there. And there was a red convertible sports car. She reached her hand and threw the keys and said, it's yours. I said, my goodness. I, I was taken back. I said, thank you. Thank, oh, that's so nice. And then I said, you know what? I really believe that God wanted you to have that car, not me. Oh, no, Pastor, I prayed about it. I said, look, I really believe that. Oh, no, don't make me miss God, Pastor. And I said, hey, well, let's, do, let's pray about it a week. And then we're going to come back together. And if God still speaks to you and me that way, then then we'll do it. A week later, she came back, and I went to the parking lot, and she said, well, I talked to God. And I said, what did he say? He said, no, you got to give it to Pastor Barnett. And I said, well, I prayed, and I felt like you needed to keep it. So, look, you obeyed God. If I miss God, I'll stand before him someday, 
but I feel that you need to keep that car. So she said, oh, pastor, okay. You're my pastor, I have to agree. And I watched her go get, get in my car and drive out. Amen. <laughs> and I went in my office and I got on the couch. That's what I do when I'm happy. And I took my shoes off and I jumped up and down, up and down. That's pretty good for 84. Who said white men can't jump? Amen. That was pretty good, wasn't it? And then I said, oh, God, you know I didn't want that dumb car. But I just wanted to know if I wanted to, I could have it. Amen. See, that's the kind of God. I don't even know what I want. I travel a lot. I eat at a lot of restaurants. To me, it all tastes the same. So now and then the chef will come to the table and I'll say, well, the waitress will come and I'll say, tell me the best thing you got on the menu. She said, well, I don't know. I said, well, tell the chef to fix me up the best thing he's got on the menu. The best thing he's got in the kitchen and then surprise me. And sometimes I come to God in prayer. I said, God, I've met your conditions. I've met your formula. I've abided in you and your word has abided in me. I don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I don't stand in the way of sinners. I don't sit in the seat of the scornful. I've delighted myself in the Lord. Now, God, I'm ready to order. And God said, okay, I got my pencil. What do you want? Well, God, I don't know all that you got. And many times I'll just say, God, why don't just you fix up the best thing you got in the kitchen? And surprise me. And God comes back and says, surprise, surprise. Kind of sounds like somebody from the south, you know. And gives me stuff. And answers my prayer. Have you ever prayed for something that you're sorry that you prayed for? Now, don't look at your wife or husband. Now, please don't. Have you ever been Christmas shopping and they have these little packages wrapped up so nice. For, you can buy them for $10. And take a chance and buy what's in that box. Or you can choose what you want to choose and spend the money yourself for that $10. So let's say that I buy one of those $10 surprise boxes. And when I open it up, guess what's in it? Curlers. Now, I'm dead sure, no, that I do not need curlers. I need what's under those curlers. I need hair. I need a wig. I've tried everything to grow hair. Somebody said, you put a hot pack on it. And you'll, I just scalded my brain. That's all I did. Another said, no, no, you put coal packs on I did, and I got brain freeze. Someone said, if you buy vodka and rub vodka on your head, so I bought vodka. It didn't work. I drank the rest. No, I didn't. I'm a teetotaler. Amen. I'm trying to keep him awake back there. All right. Hey, but I've discovered the solution for balding. I'm going to let my eyebrows grow real long. and just <laughs> That has nothing to do with my sermon. Amen. That 
back to the $10 Christmas box. Let's just suppose for a moment that the person that packed that box knew me. And the person that packed that box made me. And the person that packed that box loved me with a love like nobody in all the world has. Let's suppose that the person that packed that box owns all the gold in the hills and all the cattle on those hills. How do you think I ought to spend my $10 now? I'll take the box every time. Because my God in heaven, he loves me. He's crazy about me. He loves me more than I love myself. He knows what I need more than what I know what I need. He knows what I want more than I know what I want. Did you ever have anything bad to happen to you? And after it was over, you said, that's the best thing that ever happened to me. Because all we have to judge is our senses. Our smell, our sight, our hearing, our feeling. But he who is omnipotent knows everything has something for you. He who owns everything has something for you. He that loves you more than anybody in the world has something for you. So God said, well, you met the conditions for prayer. Okay, tell me what you want. I'm all ready to take your order. And then God says, number one, you can have what you want. You've met the conditions. But before you order, you've got a second choice. And God says, if you'd like for me, I'll pick out something and give it to you. And I have learned in 86 years of preaching the gospel, going through every battle, every trial, and every victory, I've learned to say, surprise me, Lord. I'm often asked, Pastor, did you ever plan to build a dream center? No. We went to L.A. to build a church. But we found out before we could build a church that we had to build a people. It was easy to get them saved and come forward, but they'd go their way. So we had to buy a house and another house. And soon we had nine houses putting the new converts in, discipling. And then that wasn't big enough. And then so we bought the hotel and we started discipling these people. We didn't go to build a dream center. We went to build a church. But God had something better. Did you ever plan or have a desire to be the chancellor of a college? <laughs> no. I didn't even graduate from college. When they asked me if I'd be the chancellor I thought they were talking about a chandelier. That's how dumb I was. <laughs> no. Did you ever think you'd write books? I'm not an author, but I penned 12 books. Did you ever expect that Brian Houston and Hillsong and Joyce Meyer and T.D. Gordon would ask you someday to be their pastor? No. We ordained Joyce Meyer. I want to say it's a job to keep that woman in line. Amen. <laughs> She's truly a great woman. Now, they should be pastoring me. You ever expect to have a pastor's conference like we just closed? No way. We have 43 of them, 44 now. And pastors all over the world have come out of that. 
Do you ever expect you to travel the world and preach? No, 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 no. But one day I discovered there were two choices. I could get what I wanted, or I could say, God, help me get what you want. And I'll guarantee you, there is no life in all of the world like getting what he wants for you. What a tremendous way to live. If you abide in me, live in me, and my words abide in you, you can ask what you want or you can go to the Lord's prayer and say, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. And folks, when you live that way, it's like every day's Christmas because I'm saying, Lord, really, I've come to the place in my life I don't want anything, but just surprise me, Lord. I close with my life scripture, Proverbs 3, 6. Don't miss this. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Here's the key. The first six words is our part. In all our ways, we acknowledge him. So I spend my life going around bragging on the Lord. This is what God has done. He, he uses the enemy to carry out his will. And the second part is his. The next six words. And he will direct your path. What a wonderful way to live. I just got to abide in God and live in God. He'll take care of the rest. So what I'm trying to say, don't miss this. Go ahead and ask. There's, that's what you should do. Ask. Big. You know what I'm asking God for? I hate to say this. You'll think, oh, he's crazy. I may be. But I have places all over the world begging me to come and build a dream center. I can't do it. It takes all our money just to keep the dream center operating in L.A. For the last 44 years, I go out and speak every week like this. Never have I taken a penny. Every offering goes directly to the dream center. I never touch it. They send it there. That could have been quite a bit over the years, but the point I'm trying to say is I, I just can't help them. And one day I was praying about it. I said, oh, God, I feel so bad that I can't help people build all over the world because it takes $900,000 a month just to keep the dream center operating a month. Nobody pays. Everybody comes free. And that's my life. And I, I love it. And I, but how can I help other people? And God spoke to me and said, well, why don't you just ask me? So I've asked God before I die that he would send somebody to me that would give me a billion dollars. Now, some of you just, you just got past, one man passed out back there. Amen. And I know that's crazy. I don't even know somebody with a billion. If you do, send them to me. Amen. Thank God. Yes, ask. But at the end of your asking, Ed, but God, if you got something better, I want that because his way is better than mine. I love what old Joe Namath you know, the great football player, played for the Jets. Well, John Lemus said he came to our pastor's school and the Lord saved him and now he loves God. And he said to me, I just can't wait to get up in the morning.
to see how good looking I'd gotten during the night. I kind of relate to that, amen. It hurts me when you laugh that way. Oh, I got, I got to tell you one story. And I, everybody let me tell you one more story. Raise your hand. Thank you very much, amen. Listen, I'm done. Don't miss this. There was a young lady who came to the Dream Center. Her life has changed, truly changed. So she finished her year, or maybe it was two years, of discipleship staying there. She was on the plane flying home, and she got bumped up to first class. She didn't know why, no reason. Found herself sitting beside a man in his late 60s. They struck up a conversation. She began to tell what she had experienced at the Dream Center. The people that were coming broken, human trafficking girls. We now have over 250 girls in human trafficking being rescued, the largest in the world, literally largest in the world. And he, and he started weeping. And he said, it, it seems like I need to go to a place like that. She said, well, my pastor will be glad to give you a tour. Come to find out he was a Jewish man. Lived in London, England. Worth millions of dollars. Had his own jets. Everything you'd need. So he came to the dream, sir. I gave him the tour. We went right from the tour to the service. And when I gave the altar call, this precious man came weeping. And he gave his heart to the Lord. He was so fired up. Now, he lived in London. And once a month, he'd take one of his planes and fly all the way to L.A. to come to his church. And we couldn't get some people out of bed this morning to come along. <laughs> one day, he texted me and said, Pastor, can I talk to you for church? I'm coming over. I need to talk to you. Of course, I said yes. As we met before church, he said, Pastor, I saw a movie that changed my life. And I thought of you. It was called The Bucket List. You know the story. Story of two men in a hospital room. They both have cancer. They've got less than a year to live. One's rich, one's poor. They're deeply depressed because they're going to die. When one day the rich man came into the room and he saw a piece of legal paper watered up. It was right by the waste paper basket. Somebody had missed the basket. And he reached down and opened it up. And at the top it said bucket list. Jump out of an airplane. Drive a sports car. Swim with the sharks. Kiss the most beautiful girl in the world. He said, what's this? The poor man said, well, that was what I wanted to do in life before I died. But I'm not going to get to do those. And suddenly the rich man who had been depressed smiled. And he said, Let's do it, you're mucking this. I've got all the money in the world. I've got the jets. Money's no agent. We got a year to live. Come on, let's do your bucket list. And the rest of the movies about those two codgers jumping out of an airplane, swimming with the sharks, climbing the Himalayas, trying to kiss the most beautiful girl in the world. And he said, Preacher, when I saw that movie, I thought of you. Not trying to kiss the most beautiful girl in the world. No, no. He said, I've got all the money. i got the jets. Pastor, I want you to write your bucket list now. And you and I, 
will take off. Money's no object. I mean anything. I mean anything. And we'll do it. Whew. So the next day, I got down and got a piece of legal pattern, and I sat down. And I said, what do I want to do? I can do anything I want. I don't want to jump out of an airplane. The Bible said, lo, I am with you always. <laughs> I said, I don't want to swim with the sharks, and I've, I don't want to drive a race car. It's bad enough driving with my wife. And I've already kissed the most beautiful girl in the world. And if I kiss another, and she'll kill me, you know. <laughs> and I prayed. And I thought. And for the life of me. I couldn't think of another thing I'd rather do. Than rescue a little human trafficking girl. Feed another hungry child. Bring a little homeless mother with her children that the fathers desert her from one of those little shanties you see on the street on television. And stand before a congregation and pull somebody out of hell. And I begin to weep and I said, oh God, if I get too old to preach and my mind is not sharp enough and I cannot articulate my words and and I can't preach anymore. I can't do the work of God anymore. I want you just to take me on to heaven. For what is there to live for if you can't serve your generation and serve God? I want every head bowed. I ask that no one move from this audience and I, nobody has moved. This is the most attentive audience that, and respectful of any place that I've been. But I'm going to close this service and get back to the pastor. But just before I close it, there are people in this building who listen to an old guy up here preach and still so much dream. Can't wait to get up in the morning. I have a hard time sleeping because every day it's a surprise me Lord day. And yet the alarm goes off for you. Your body's healthy. You have a mind like a lawyer. But you have no reason to get out of bed. There's no purpose in your life. And the Holy Spirit is moving in this place right now, saying that can change. It all changes the moment that you say, God, forgive me of my sins. I turn my life over to you. I want to live your life. I want you to live through me. And I tell you, when you serve God... Life is adventure greater than any Indiana Jones adventure because serving God is so exciting. So before I pray, I'm going to ask everyone in just a minute to raise your hand. You'll say, Pastor, I, I don't know God like I need to know him. I'm not sure I'm right with God, Pastor. I need God in my life right now. I need him bad. Would you just pray for me? And I'm going to pray for you right from this mic. Nobody's going to know who I'm praying for except you will know and I'll know. But it will help me to pray for you. 
when I ask you to put your hand up and say, Pastor, please pray for me. The Bible said we must be willing to confess before men. So when I ask you to raise your hand, I believe they're going to go up all over this building, across this building, from the left to the right, the front to the rear of this building. Husband, wife, boy or girl, man or lady, are you ready? When I ask you to raise your hand all over this building, say, Pastor, please pray for me. Could I see your hand right now? Raise them all over this building. Raise them real high. Keep them going up. Oh, keep them. Oh, keep Oh, this is wonderful. There's got to be at least 40, 50 people or more. Keep raising them. Keep raising them. Well, I can almost feel the wings of the angels as they flap their wings over this place. This is your day. This is the reason that Jesus died for this moment. So while every head is bowed, I'm going to ask every one of you that raised your hand to pray this prayer with me. It's called the prayer of repentance. The Bible said when it's prayed with a genuine repentant heart, God hears and forgives. And I'm going to ask all the Christians to join with them to encourage them. I don't want this to be a little weak prayer. I want you to boom it out everywhere. Christians, you that raise your hands, are you ready? Repeat with me loud and strong. Dear God, I need a Savior. You said that if I would ask you, that you would forgive me. And I believe you, Lord. I repent of my sins. And I now give my life to you. I am now forgiven. And I'm yours, God. I want to live a surprise me, Lord, life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, come on, give the Lord a big clap. Give him a big shout. Oh, come on, raise the roof. Come on, give the Lord a good, oh, hallelujah. I sure love you all. Can we give it up for Pastor Tommy one more time? So blessed, man. So blessed. Yeah, come on. Honor this man of God. Incredible. I've uh, been saying it for three years now. I... I don't really know what the Lord has in store for the King's house. I know that we've been experiencing miracle after miracle after miracle for three years. And, and for the first time, I think I finally understand what my prayer is supposed to be. God, whatever you have for this place, surprise us, Lord. Just surprise us, Lord. Beautiful plans for this place. Just a few words of instruction before we get out of here today. First off, I just want to mention uh, a 2022 um, Nissan, no, Toyota Titan four-door, four-wheel drive, uh, if anybody's wondering what my dream vehicle is. <laughs> Newer the better, please. Uh, I will absolutely not give those keys back to you. Uh, Pastor Tommy just made mention to it, but... Uh, he came here today asking for nothing for himself personally. And all he asks is that we would take an offering for the Dream Center 
Los Angeles. I just read a book by Pastor Tommy called Secret Power. And in that book, he, he expounds on this passage that says, give and it will be given to you. He takes that passage very literally. He's, he's needed vans in the ministry before, so what did he do? He, he gave vans away. I mean, give and it will be given to you. So we decided, the elders and myself back in December, that we were going to take our first fruits offering uh, the first Sunday in January. We were going to keep it to the side. And when Pastor Tommy came, we were going to sow that into his ministry because, as you know, we're, we're dreaming of building transitional homes. We're, we're dreaming of building boys and girls foster homes. And we, we have all these dreams. I can't think of a better thing to do, a better ministry to sow into than, than the father of that type of ministry. If I'm believing for those finances to come into the church, then we need to take a step of faith and give towards those kinds of ministries. So, yes, we, we already, as a church... Every penny that came in on January 2nd, we're going to give to Pastor Tommy today. But uh, I just want to make it available to you. If you want to give to the Dream Center today, the buckets are going to be by the door on your way out. Also, Blake, uh, there's something we can do on the Church Center app. Yes. He's, he's showing us how. Dream Center, there you go. There, there's a tab inside Church Center if you want to give on your Church Center app. Just look at the Dream Center app. Um, secondly, guys, this is the last time we're going to meet together at 10 o'clock in the morning. Because next Sunday we're going to have two services, one at 9 o'clock and one at 11 o'clock. Next Sunday is also going to be a friend day, so I'm challenging every person in this room, invite somebody to church. I was looking at the each one, reach one board. There's a lot of darts in the yellow. There's a lot of darts already in the green. You guys are inviting people to church, but next Sunday, 9 and 11. I also want to challenge, I need 100 people in this room to commit. I'm going to be here at 9 o'clock next Sunday, Pastor. Mark, I'm going to sit up close. I'm going to engage. I'm going to worship. We're going to make this nine o'clock service the biggest, fastest growing evangelistic party that we could ever imagine because we ain't going to have no little boring service at nine o'clock next week, King South. That's not how we do things around here. So uh, also, we, we had several volunteers sign up last week on the Church Center app. It's not too late to do that. If you would like to volunteer, go to the Church Center app, go to events, and you'll see a whole list of places that you can volunteer next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Next Sunday night at 6 o'clock, we're going to have a volunteer training for all the new volunteers, all the old volunteers. We're going to have a refresher because we want to do things with excellence. When somebody pulls into this parking lot, we want them to feel welcomed and at home and important. And uh, we're, we're going to do a great job of doing that. So, again, Pastor Tommy is going to be so gracious. He has a table out front. He is going to be signing books. Oh, you absolutely Thank you so much. It really does. I do not take that for granted. And I'll just tell you what that's going to go for. During this pandemic, all those people you see in the streets, well, Matthew gave out at the Dream Center five million meals in one year. You, many of you watch Instagram, you saw him all day long, him and his staff from morning to night, just handing out as the cars drove by, lined up for blocks. A lot of those homeless people, too, most of them were not homeless people. You know, they were just ordinary people that didn't have food. But they were so touched that many of them said, please, 
Most of those people you see in the street are women who men have deserted them. And so he decided to go in and do one whole floor, just triple bunk in another floor for our younger kids, and take a whole floor, which is huge, and just redo them. It takes $2,500 a room, and they're just redoing them, and they've got them all full now, and they're just looking for more space. Imagine 1,400 rooms. But that's where your money's going to go. Come on, give the Lord. And they all get saved. They all come to church. All of them do. So, Pastor, nothing happens without leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. I tell you, I don't have to tell you, I've never seen people, the way you express your love towards this guy, but love him to death, love his wife, even love old snake. Amen. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. So next Sunday night, 6 o'clock, volunteer training. Invite someone to church next Sunday at 9 or 11. Uh, Pastor Tommy's going to be out front if you want to buy one of his books. Myself, I've read it. The whole staff's read it. It's incredible. He's going to be out there to meet you, to hug you, to sign those books for you. So, so be sure you take advantage of that. I love you, King's House. Have a great week. Home groups this Wednesday. You better jump in one. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you are in need of prayer or wish to speak to one of our pastors, please email us at info at thekingshouse.church. And if you would like to give towards the ministry of the King's House, you can do so by visiting our website, thekingshouse.church forward slash giving, or by texting any dollar amount to the number 84321 and respond to the prompts sent back to you. If you're ever around the area and you want to visit us, we meet every week at 124 B. Hubert Smith Drive in McAllister, Oklahoma. You can even plan your visit with us ahead of time where you can reserve your seats, your parking spot, and even pre-check in your kids before you arrive on the Sunday of your choosing. Just fill out the quick form at thekingshouse.church forward slash plan your visit. Hey, we know life is busy, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you can catch all of our latest messages. We look forward to seeing you real soon.